The book of 1 Samuel offers us unique insights into God's requirements for those in positions of heavenly authority. And today, Pastor Greg Scalzo will continue his sermon entitled, God Must Be Above All. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and this is Shi'ar Jeshub, a Bible study broadcast brought to you from the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. In our last few programs, my husband has been examining from 1 Samuel chapter 2, the response of Eli, the high priest, to the wicked actions of his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who are priests before the Lord at Shiloh. These men have defiled the sacrifices to God, stolen from the people, and committed immorality with the worshippers. They were brazen, forceful men, who knew not God, while greatly abusing the power of their holy office. And when Eli finally confronts them and reproves them, they do not heed their father. But neither do we read that Eli removes them from office or publicly stops them from continuing their evil actions. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he concludes the Sunday sermon by examining the words of the Lord Jesus in the New Testament. Luke chapter 14 and verse 25. Some difficult things we read here. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, the one who taught us about love. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, how can Jesus say you have to hate? Relative to the love of God, if anything stops us from placing God above all, placing God first, we must hate it. And not hate it as the world hates. But we cannot be so in love. Notice he uses the people around in the family. These are the ones that influence us, we're close to. We cannot love them so much. As a matter of fact, in a sense, we must hate them compared to God if we're going to love them. Don't misunderstand this. Obviously, Jesus loves the children, right? He said, bring the little children off to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. He taught the importance of parents to bring children to the Lord. He is the one who taught us the sanctity of marriage, more so even than under the law. How, except for marital unfaithfulness, the divorce was considered adultery. And he talked over and over against it and the religious leaders didn't like it because he wouldn't allow them to divorce their wife for any and every reason. So the sanctity of marriage was important to him. Caring for parents. He told the religious leaders that their traditions of Corbin, the traditions of men, nullified the commandment of God, which said, honor your father and mother. And how important it was to care and to love parents. He cares for his mother when he's on the cross. One of his last words is to provide for his mother another son, the Apostle John. 
and obviously the salvation of brothers and sisters, the very brothers that made fun of him. We read how they turned to him. Matter of fact, one of the first he appears to is James, his half-brother. So Jesus cares about family. He loves family. And the love that we have in the family unit is important. But compared to what's right, compared to God, God must be above all. If they're going to stop you from doing what's right, God must be first. God must be above all. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and also what? His own life, even yourself. He cannot be my disciple. God must be first. God must be above all. Because if we don't love him above all, if we don't rile against what stops us from following him and rile against what they want to do to stop us, if Eli hated his sons more for what they're doing, he'd love them. He'd really love them. Because by loving God first, he would put them in the right position that the terrible thing that's about to happen to his whole family would never happen. Sometimes you have to hate what's wrong to bring love to those that you love. God must be first. And the reason Jesus gives is clear, because we're in a battle. There's no place for being wishy-washy. He says, he goes on to say, for which of you intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. The people around you can keep you from doing what's right, and then it becomes a disgrace, as you've said, I'm doing this for the Lord, and it comes to no avail. That sounds like Eli's sons, right? It made a disgrace of it. It made a mockery of it. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. He compromises. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. You're in a battle. Eli is in a battle. The devil wants to destroy the gospel. At this point, the devil wants to destroy the people of Israel. He wants to destroy the tabernacle. He wants to destroy the work of Yahweh in the world. Eli is a high priest. His sons are a target. It's a battleground. 20,000 are coming against him. And when you compromise... When you try to turn aside, put the head aside, well, it's not so bad what they're doing. They're taking a little extra meat for themselves. They're not burning all the fat. They're taking the fat. When you compromise, the enemy's going to win. And family and loved ones can make you compromise. And there's no place for that in a position of authority. There's no place for that in the battle because the enemy will win. You have to count the cost. And the cost is, even if it means taking your own sons out of that position, you do it because you've got to hate what they've done. Otherwise, you don't love God enough. They've come before God. 
You don't love the people they ministered to. You don't love yourself and you don't love them. You're letting what's wrong in you and them corrupt the nation. And you've compromised. You've sent out the delegation to make peace with the enemy. In Luke chapter 8, in verse 19, Then his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. Now in Mark chapter 3, verse 21, we're told that his family thought he was out of his mind because he was preaching and not eating. Here it says they come to him and they can't get near him and he was told by some, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. God was above all to Messiah. Did he care for his mother? Did he care for his brothers? Certainly. The Gospels show that. But he cared for his heavenly father more. He cared for him above everything else. He placed him first in right priority. And the end result is, on the day of Pentecost, his mother's there, right? When they're in the upper room praying to God, you read in the book of Acts that Mary is there along with the brothers of Jesus. Luke chapter 9 and verse 59. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, the man's not dead already. That's an expression saying, Lord, I will follow you, but I have a responsibility to my parent, and I've got to bury them first. And then, rather than saying, I'll go there and tell my family about him, they'll come serve also, because the fellow knows his father's not going to serve. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. You cannot let your family stop you from doing What's right? There could be a stumbling block. And Matthew 10 and verse 37, Jesus says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. We're not worthy of Jesus if he's not placed first. We're not worthy of Jesus. And not only that, we don't love those as much as we think we love them. Because we have to hate the wrong in ourselves. We have to lose our lives. We have to crucify the old self. And we can't let the old self in us or the old self in the ones we love stop us from doing what's right. Because only then is everything made right. The family's made right. The relationship between children and parents, wife and husband, parent and child, brother and sister, only then does it work when Jesus Christ is first. Otherwise, we'll compromise. We'll send out a peace delegation with the enemy. We won't do all this right. Here's Eli, this tragic man who's serving God from his young age to his old age. And yet he can't bring himself to take his sons out of that position. And all that work he's done in the tabernacle is for naught. 
is for nothing because they've corrupted everything he's done. If you love mother or father, wife, children, brothers, sisters more than him, you're not worthy of him. You certainly shouldn't be in a position of authority. We're really not being believers in the Lord. And we don't love them or ourselves really in reality because you have to hate what's wrong and love what's right. If Eli had hated what's wrong and loved what's right and put God above all, he and his sons would have found their life, would have found their souls, would have saved their souls. Instead, destruction comes upon his family and Eli is one of the tragic figures of the Old Testament. Father, we thank you for your holy scriptures. We ask, dear Lord, that we would do that which is hard in this world. Because, Father, we don't see you face to face or fellowship with you as we do with those who are flesh and blood, those we hug, those we care for. And too often, Lord, the pressure is to compromise and to turn the other way because we care so much for them. But, Father, you are the most important thing in all the world. And when we put you and your son Jesus first, Lord God, we find a better self inside of us and inside the loved ones around us. Let us never forget, Father God, to put you above all. That we would truly love ourselves and those around us by hating any corruption that there is within. In Christ Jesus' name, amen.